0: Okay, let's do this. Yes. Hi everyone, welcome to the very first episode of the Mixtape Book Club podcast. My name's Ellen, you might know me around the fandom as Ellen of Oz, and I'm really pleased to introduce my co-host for the show, Mel Muses.
1: Hello, I'm Mel. Um, you may see me floating around the fandom as Mel Muses.
0: We are both huge Supernatural fans, but we are also fans of fan fiction relating to the show, especially involving a relationship between Dean Winchester and Castiel, um, otherwise known as Destiel. Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably already aware of that. But maybe first, that before we start getting into what we're going to talk about, we should introduce ourselves and how we relate to our fandom um now do you want to talk a little bit about how you came to the fandom sure
1: I, um i came to the fandom a little later than most people i think um it was around about the end of season nine i just remember on tv seeing like those like shocking moments of where we saw dean wake up as demon dean oh yeah um and that totally gripped me i had never been interested in the show before that um so i went on youtube and started looking up edits and um, got everything a little bit backwards, really, because I was looking at all these really great Dean Cass edits and had never seen the show. Um, <laughs> so I may have been slightly <laughs> confused and disappointed when I started watching it, and it, they weren't the explicit canon couple that I assumed that they were. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Much to everyone's sadness.
1: <laughs> luckily, luckily, fanfic was there to save me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Awesome. Um, well, I, I actually have a similar kind of a, a story to that. Um, I, I was actually a few, probably a couple of years after that. I didn't start watching it until I think season 12 was airing. So it was only it's only been a few years for me. But um, I didn't start with the shipping stuff until I, I was probably halfway through my binge. Um, and then I went on Pinterest and I saw a bunch of the, like Dean Cass edits as, as you did. And then I was like, hang on, wait a minute. Did they get together at some point? And then, you know, I watched the rest of my binge and I'm like, no, they don't. But the, anyway, <laughs> at the end of that, um, I, I started listening to, actually got into podcasts, um, the Road So Far podcast. I got into the community that, that was built up around that podcast and um, they introduced me to fanfic. So I didn't, I wasn't really aware of fanfic before that, um, but then I felt like there was like a a new world, like many worlds had opened up out of this one world that I knew. (laughs) And it was, um, all downhill from there, really.
1: So both Ellen and I do write our own fics, but we are not here to talk about those. We are here to talk about other people's stories in the fandom, of which there are many, um, as of August in 2020, there are nearly 230,000 supernatural works of fanfiction on Archive Our Room, which is probably the biggest fanfiction site these days, by no means the only one, mm-hmm. um, but certainly I think the most popular one. Um, and of those, nearly 88,000 of them are tagged as the Castiel and Teen Harry, which is about 38% of them. It's the biggest ship that there is represented within the fandom. Um, The second being Wincest at 12% and Sabriel at 6%.
0: Yeah, there there are plenty of other ships too, but their Destiel pairing is the most popular out of all of them.
1: And there are actually, even now, still new ships within the fandom turning up all the time. Like recently there has been a lot of Adam-Michael picks turning up, which is something we haven't necessarily seen so much of until the last season.
0: But we're we're pretty much going to focus um, entirely on that are tagged as Destiel, so, because they're our OTP and we love them. In our fandom, we're blessed with some truly brilliant writers and we are never going to be able to get through all of the the fanfics that are in um, that 38% of the, the supernatural <laughs> works, but we're going to do our best. So in effect, this podcast is going to be our mixtape of our some of our favorite um destiel works that we're going to share with you guys
1: so we are going to be discussing thick of all types um all genres and all ratings um so we're going to be definitely discussing adult topics and probably swearing at times um so if you're under 18 and listening um we can't um we won't tell you not to listen or read but no please take what you read in fanfic with a little grain of salt. And if there's something that you hear us talking about or that you don't understand, um, please be careful of what you read on the internet. Like perhaps, perhaps ask a trusted human being adult um, rather than purely relying on what you see in fanfic.
0: And we're going to invite some guests along to speak with us, some authors, um, some friends of ours, some people that we, that the fandom would like to hear from. And we're going to always we're going to recommend some fic to you and celebrate it. And we we're, we're gonna we may talk about spoilers in relation to fics, but we're always going to warn you if we're going to talk about spoilers. And we're not going to you know trash any particular fic ever. We're going to be positive in our reviews.
1: And in addition to talking about reading fic, um, we will also sometimes be discussing a whole list of topics to help writers out too, so you can stay tuned for those.
0: And yeah, and with the writer topics too, um, we'd love to hear from you, like what would you like us to talk about in relation to writing fic, um, as well as um, you know, we'd love to hear your suggestions for favourite fix that you'd like us to talk about too. Um, we're going to talk about, as we mentioned before, we're going to talk about different tropes and genres, so um, as they come up each week we'll be um, asking probably for suggestions and um, things that you guys would like to hear about too. So you can, um, you can email us suggestions. We've got contact at mixtapebookclub.com is our email address, or we've got like all of our social media um, accounts too. You can get in touch with us lots of different ways, but we'll, we'll cover all of that. Like you, you can go to our website and see all of that. If you'd like to get in touch with us, um, the website is mixtapebookclub.com. In this episode, the first episode, we've decided that our first topic um, for our first trope, I guess, that we're going to discuss, not really a trope, it's more of a genre, right? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'd say it was a genre.
0: We're going to talk about canon fix.
1: On this day, September 18th, 12 years ago, Castiel walked into a barn and into our hearts. With 15 years of material to draw from, 12 of them including Castiel, there's plenty of opportunity to expand or alter canon events. Uh, Destiel is such a long-running non-canon ship, and yet it has so much romantic coding that it's fueled this huge volume of fan works dedicated to it.
0: It has fueled so many fan works, and even right from the very beginning, like the earliest Destiel fix were like pretty much the day following um, the airing of Lazarus Rising. <laughs> it's um, the popularity of the ship, we firmly believing, is owed to the way the characters have been played by Mr Jensen Ackles and Misha Collins. Um, they did get a Best Chemistry Award for a reason, and um, it's maybe not so much at the start, but the writers have kind of leaned into that as the years have gone on, they've added sort of more and more tropes that we perceive as being romantic, and at the moment in the last few seasons they really do have that old married couple kind of vibe, don't you think? <laughs> yeah and that's some of my favorite destiel as well the old married couple bickering the the
1: looks the side eyes it's it's quality content i love it yes
0: and um for that reason i think a lot of people already perceive them as being or you know consider them as canon as in they what whatever you're reading on their relationship they have like a very deep love for each other they're always worried about the other one and um, they'll do, you know, they'll die for each other. Basically, they already have multiple times kind of thing. So their relationship is definitely problematic. They don't communicate terribly well. Um, they do stuff with, like to protect the other one without sort of their consent. But in the end, um, there's a, a lot of people out there who really believe, who who love the idea that they have a romantic um, kind of relationship as well.
1: Yeah, there are so many... Romance tropes worked into their relationship on the show. For example, the mixtape said we were it's one of the yep. most romantic things you can do to somebody is to make them a mixtape, especially someone from kind of Dean's era, I think. Someone of his age, he would he immediately recognize that as a romantic gesture. Um, so to give someone a, a precious gift like that, that's been sitting around in a box in your car for years, a lot of people would say there's
0: only one way to read that. Uh-huh. That's why we decided to adopt it for the name of our <laughs> <laughs> podcast. So the characters themselves in canon, um, obviously they've both got like a boatload of issues. We've got, <laughs> you know, daddy type issues. And then we've got um, a lo- like the really popular um, sort of reading of Dean as being like repressed bisexual. Like he's always... Hooking up with women, well not so much anymore, but in the past, he hooked up with a lot of women on their travels around the country um, But he has been pretty much canonically shown to be at least very flustered by certain men And um, obviously that's where we get our, our ship from In in fix, he's generally, he he realises at some point during each fic that he's in love with Cass, or he has been for years already and he has to work through whatever obstacles are in the way, in Canon Fix especially, um, in order to either you know, work through his, his mental blocks or whatever, something that's preventing him from confessing his love for Cass.
1: Um, so Cass likewise is almost always shown as being in love with Dean, but he's either confused about his non angelic feelings, um, or he feels that he's not worthy of being loved by Dean. Um, which is often kind of tied into his own self-worth issues and and struggles and his overall arc of trying to find a place and a family and having been kicked out of of heaven and falling um gets all kind of tangled up with his relationship with Dean so the the Dean Cass relationship is often sort of a kind of a microcosm of their greater arcs c- condensed down to this relationship that they have yeah um and I think Cass also has a real problem with being seen as useful as, as just a tool to Dean and Sam and so when he's not feeling useful he doesn't see his relevance to them um, which obviously has a, a big influence on his relationship with Dean in canon fix
0: and I, I really something I really love about the, a lot of people portray Cast as a gender like he's he's a divine celestial being of, of light or whatever however he's described <laughs> I've forgotten those actual words now but yeah so he's not he's not human he's not human he doesn't identify as a man even though he's in jimmy's body like which now belongs to him and that really means that he's i guess he's not worried about sexuality at all ever but he's just he's just focused on dean (laughs) he just loves (laughs) dean he's very Um, dean centric yes But
1: that also makes Cass really good representation for a lot of people um, in the fandom who really don't see any kind of representation like that on screen up until this point yep. of any kind of being to whom
0: gender simply does not apply. Well, we should also mention at this point that um, we haven't mentioned Sam yet. Like we, we, uh, oh, yeah. we love Sam. We don't, we, like, I think there are a certain number of people out there in the fandom who, who don't want Sam to be around when they're talking about Death Steal, but we love Sam, we, um extremely happy for him to be included in any and all fic (laughs) that involved STL in fact especially in canon fic he's he's got to be there he's usually the long-suffering um brother who needs brain bleach and who is the one who can see that they're in love even when they can't um
1: (laughs) we all love a bit of shipper sam i think yes I quite fond of a little bit of completely oblivious sam as well that's a a different kind of take on Sam which I find very entertaining
0: yeah Um, especially when it all suddenly clicks into place right
1: (laughs) yeah it's great and to me even though Destiel is about Dean and Cass that there is no Destiel without Sam like uh, he has to be there for me um he's just too much a part of both of their stories to not be included in my opinion
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And there are some, I know there are some AUs around where, you know, there's not really a part for him in there. And that's fine. Like a lot of those stories are are brilliant. But when we're talking about canon Fix especially, um, he's got to be there. Like he's a big part of of their kind of family, found family kind of um, situation anyway. And yeah, if he's not there, there's something missing. Exactly.
1: Somebody has to solve the case while those two idiots are getting (laughs) there.
0: So I guess we need to define what actually is canon.
1: Yes. What is a canon fic? I suppose the immediate literal definition is simply that um, canon obviously is anything that happens within the show itself. Um, But there's still, I think, within that some subcategories of canon fic. You still have canon fix-it fics, where people are... Either changing something that they didn't quite like how the show did it, um, giving us an alternative way of looking at it, um, or they're taking something that happened in the show and making it Destiel, essentially. Yeah. Um, then I think there's also canon divergent fix where things will be exactly the same as they were in the show up until a point, point. Um, and then people will take us off on a different journey with a, a different plot, and again, working in that ship that they love. Uh And then I would say there's probably a third, um, smaller category, which may be something that we can look at later on down the line as a separate category, um, which would be post-canon fix, I would say, Um, which can actually sometimes read a little bit more like AUs, I find, depending on which aspects people are including. But that's basically anything that happens in the future after the show has ended.
0: And I'm sure that'll be coming up very soon like within a few months (laughs) we'll have to do another episode (laughs) where we talk about that because I bet after there are a lot uh,
1: of those out there
0: when the whole show finishes then everyone will have to jump on and fix whatever they they didn't like about the ending right
1: (laughs) yeah that's essentially our job as fanfic writers now right
0: (laughs) yep yep fix up all the problems I guess the other thing that um, that I love about canon fix often is um that that I love to do as well when I'm writing them is to Work out what happened, what what happened in between gaps in episodes. Like even to make everything the same as what's in the episode, but just to shove in an extra scene where something may happen with our characters that um, we don't see on screen, but we think may have happened. Yes, the the famous fanfic gaps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, we've been blessed with so many of them in the show. So it makes our job easy. Anyway, so we've got two um, we've got two canon fix that we have um, read. So I think that you said you'd read them both before. Is that right? Like,
1: yeah, a very long time ago. I think these were some of my first fix when I came into the fandom. Um, they were already there. I think so. They already existed, and they were certainly some of the ones that when I was searching out things to quench my beam gas first when I first started following um, that they were some of the first ones to come up and more importantly than that they were the ones that stuck in my mind all this time
0: so the first um the first one that we might have a chat about is um it's called a turn of the earth by mish colin this one yeah like you said was published in 2015 so it's a few years old now um but it's um it's 95,000 words so it's um you know middling kind of length a nice nice length for um getting into the feels and rated M. Um, so I'll just read up the summary and then we can um, have a chat about it. So uh, Dean's your typical half-orphaned, monster-killing 22-year-old until a trench-coated stranger crashes into his back windshield one September night, claiming he's an angel that knows him from the future and that he's on the run. Friggin' fantastic. Or in which Castiel gets stuck in Dean's timeline pre-series and Dean kind of hates it until he doesn't. So this is Castiel traveling through time back to uh, pre-season one. Um, basically crashes into the Impala. <laughs> Dean's driving along. Very and, literally.
1: Like, that's how the fic opens. You get an angel falling out of the sky.
0: <laughs> yep. And Dean's like, what the hell is going on here? So, And it's... it all pretty much goes downhill from there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so one of the things that I thought was most interesting about this particular fic is although... Um, obviously, the Castiel in this is the Castiel that we know um, and comes from the timeline that we are used to. It is actually starting us off in the past pre-series with a Dean that's the same, but also a little bit different.
0: And it's it, it's entirely from Dean's point of view, right? So Cass can't tell him anything because you know he he's he knows that if he tries to if he tells Dean anything about what's going to happen in the future, it could change everything. There's something is chasing him and it's basically eating time and eventually he knows that he's going to be gone and he will never have existed. Um, Dean is kind of you know gradually falling in love with him anyway as he comes in and out he just keeps disappearing and coming back so it's a really interesting um, take on on Dean as like a early I guess in his early 20s you know his dad's not always around Sam's gone to college and yeah it's around that time period.
1: Yeah and I think with a lot of the stuff that Dean has going on at the time like like you said with his dad not being around as much and Sam being away and also this whole concept of Castiel running out of time that, that each time he crashes into Dean's life and sometimes quite literally yeah. he's kind of on a clock that's ticking down and he knows that when he reaches the present once more he will no longer be around and it could it could be quite a depressing concept (laughs) um but somehow i feel like the fic avoids that (laughs) it it is and it has moments where they do kind of address that and look at it but i still feel like as a whole i found the fic more heartwarming than depressing by the time you got through it
0: (laughs) I mean there were there were a couple of chapters there in the middle where I mean Dean is on he's alone for a lot of the time you know hunting on his own and and that so he is very does seem very depressed (laughs) during a lot of it um and then I mean obviously really happy to see Cass when he does arrive but I don't know it 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 gets pretty angsty in the middle there it it does yeah um the time travel thing I thought was brilliant I thought that was really well done (laughs) It did diverge at the end like it wasn't really it wasn't true canon at the end even so
1: yeah like when it hits modern times i guess uh modern times when the fic was written so i think that was 2007 2008 that they started to have him come back that's kind of our last date reference point in the fic yep. and then when he started coming back at those points his visits were getting kind of shorter and more frantic and i actually feel like they kind of represented that quite well in, in yeah. the story. Like the way that they were writing it made it feel kind of chaotic and confusing, and you were seeing it as Dean saw it. Yeah, um, yeah, I thought that was. Really so
0: I, good. I quite liked how they did that. Yeah, and Dean's characterization was great. Like he's just completely confused by the whole thing a <laughs> the time. Um, but you know, he gets on. He gets the picture. You know, like he knows what's going on. After a while, he's not. You know, he's smart about it. Um, yeah,
1: it takes him a little while though to get on board with the whole angel thing. and Oh the whole yeah, well, coming the first from the future time thing.
0: Knows anything about angels, so at first he's just like, "What do you mean you're an angel?" But I did love that um, that when he got in touch with Bobby and worked out, like Bobby was like working out, you know, that he was an angel. And Bobby's like, "Yeah, he's an angel." Dean's like, "What are you talking about? There's no such thing as angel." You know, <laughs> Bobby was on board before Dean was, I think.
1: Yeah, and I feel like there were some really good moments of reflecting the canon show there where Bobby had all of his angel research and they were going through it way back when, when Cass first crashed onto our screens. Yeah. I think that this fix is actually a really good example of, I'd definitely say, one of the most common tags that we have in Destiel which is John Winchester's A-plus parenting. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Um, not a universally loved tag i know that some people fall on the other side of things and and they object to it um but i do think it's one of the most popular tags that you see um in destiel in general and we we definitely see some uh some interesting sides to early john who's obviously still very much suffering from losing his wife and not dealing with it well
0: yeah yeah that's right I don't think he's not in it that much, right? Like he's he's mostly just absent. That's the yeah. He's mostly absent.
1: He's not there. Most of what we see of John is actually through Dean's side of things. So through Dean examining his absence, we actually learn quite a bit about John that way. Um, About how no matter what, Dean still respects him. But at the same time, I think there's a level of respectful fear there in Dean that we see. Yeah, um, which is quite common in John Winchester's A-plus parenting fix. Um, <laughs> yep. But I think it was done quite well in this one. Um, and at, at one point, they do they do fight physically. Um, mm-hmm. I would say fight physically. There's not a lot of fighting going on. Dean, Dean does not fight back. But yep. um, I think it's a, a really interesting way in that we don't see a lot of John, but we have a lot of Dean thinking about John and about how the fact that even though he's not there, he's still influencing Dean's actions quite a bit
0: yeah yeah which is part of Dean's character growth in the, in the canon show to be honest like from the beginning to where he is now I guess um he's sort of grown past always what his father thought of him and um and that in that early period is reflected really well here I thought
1: yeah I think it does a really good job of that yeah. I think it's it's interesting to see that Obviously, as far as Dean in this story is concerned, Cass has never met his dad, doesn't know anything about him. But obviously, canon and Cass knows quite a lot about John Winchester. Yes. So um, it's it's this kind of interesting change between the two of them where Cass goes back and seems to instantly dislike <laughs> this man, who, yep. as far as Dean is concerned, he doesn't know him at all.
0: Yep, yep. Actually, I loved that scene, but we won't give any spoilers for <laughs> what happens no. in that part because it's worth reading yeah that's great <laughs> so yeah that's the first fig i guess um we'll go on to the second one now yes the story of you and me um by the underscore diggler um this one's a bit older it was published way back in 2013 so that's uh i'm gonna say like season nine no no no, I shouldn't say that because I can't. I, I'll have to look that up if I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's um yeah a bit older. It's only fifty five thousand words, so it's a nice easy read for you know a night or two, whatever. Um, this one's actually rated E. Like you were saying earlier that um, even though I can't remember what how how the the sort of sex scene parts are in the in um A Turn of the Earth, but it's only rated M, um, and yet they do actually have a sex scene in there um yeah
1: they have a couple of how shall we phrase this a couple of different activities that occur (laughs) within that sex scene um Mm. and i feel like by kind of modern fandom standards that would be an explicit fit yep but then that can be a matter of opinion like what do you call mature and what do you call explicit i think by my personal standards i would think that *A turn of the earth would be an explicit Um, yeah because they are quite blunt about what parts are going where and who they belong to and what they're doing to them so
0: (laughs) that would be like a whole other uh, another episode if we started talking about it it would
1: yeah (laughs) which hey table that one could be a good idea okay okay we better write
0: that down (laughs) suggestions no 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 um so okay so the story of you and me is our next fic and it is rated explicit um, this one's a little different. It looks like a different take on a canon fig in that it um, involves a gin, um, and so I like a lot of djinn dream figs um, tend to be more um, almost, you know, AU type stories anyway. For part of them at least, because it, because the characters are going into another kind of reality for a little while. <laughs> mm-hmm. But anyway, we'll, we'll class it as um, canon. So, I guess the, the summary is that Dean wakes up in bed next to a very human Castiel and a journal in his own handwriting that tells him it's two years into the future. The house looks a lot like Bobby's, and Sam lives there too. He just can't remember how they got from angels falling in the sky. There you go, so it's a season eight. Eight, yep. Nine. <laughs> there are so many to Comfortable, of them now. <laughs> <too> comfortable <laughs> okay. domesticity. While there is much in the journal Dean doesn't remember, there is much of their story he's always known, and as he settles into the routine of his new life and relationship with Castiel, quickly becomes something he doesn't know how to live without. So what did you think of this one? You've read this one before as well. I
1: did. I read this a long, long time ago, um, and I didn't recall that much of it on I've read so many many fics over the years that some of them just <laughs> yep. get crowded out of my brain I think. Yep, yep. Um, but as soon as I picked this one up and started reading again I was like oh yes this this is it. I remember this um, and I actually ended up reading this one two two and a half times while we were thinking up this episode. Um, mm-hmm. I read it through once and then without giving you know any spoilers necessarily about this i think it's the type of fic that definitely benefits from being read twice yep um because there's so much that you don't see from dean's point of view that suddenly becomes clear at the end and then it's very clever how it's done where you can go back and read it with that new knowledge and everything is everything's so different
0: right okay so. i might have to go back and read it again then
1: yeah <laughs> it's 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 really clever how the author did it conversations between Cass and Dean that you think mean one thing or can be interpreted one way um and then once you've finished the fic and I think it's I don't think it's a spoiler to say that it's a, a gin fic at all um that's kind of the kind of the appeal of it really um yeah. but once it's revealed that this is that kind of reality if you go back again and look um you realise that sometimes a lot of what was being said could be interpreted slightly different by Cass than it could be by Dean.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I see what you mean, yeah. Yeah, so this I guess this is different in to some fix in that, um, rather than actually going into some kind of AU, he's he, he thinks he's jumped into the future, um, of the canon world, I guess. Just a few years in the future where apparently they've stopped hunting and they've settled down and he's with Cass and um, everything is so perfect. So, if if you started reading this fic and you read the um, the tags and you know you knew that this was a ginfic fic, or you're listening to this and I just told you that it was, um, that you 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 start thinking, hang on, this is too perfect. <laughs> There's like this escalating kind of anxiety as you read on because you know that soon something is going to go wrong. <laughs>
1: Yep, you're halfway through the fic and you've just got that rising tension. You're like, oh no, this is too happy. Something's going to go horribly wrong.
0: Yeah, um, and it is so happy when they're, when they're all happy. It's just so good. It's very fluffy <laughs> in the first part, anyway. Um, until things start, the wheels start coming off a little bit. But yeah, I thought that that actually the the tension that was created through that was really, really, really good. <laughs> very well. Yeah, done. I
1: think it was a really clever choice to have it be so perfect because we kind of assume that with Jin realities there's going to be something slightly wrong, like some kind of clue that things aren't right, aren't how they're meant to be. Um but Yeah, like until... in the episode
0: when they had the, oh, I've forgotten the name of the episode now, the one, it's like in season three or whatever when Dean goes into that and, and he knows like something just makes him click. He goes, something was wrong, that's not mm-hmm. how it's supposed to be. Um, But that doesn't really happen in this one until... Like it's everything just perfect for so long, <laughs> and it's not until <laughs> much later that things that anything just twigs him off uh, as being um, not quite right.
1: Yeah, and I think in most cases the reader is going to pick on it, pick up on it slightly before Dean does, just because Dean does start. I it's probably in the tags. That's fine, but, but Dean does start having these nightmares, which within his reality he believes are nightmares of purgatory. Yeah. Um, turns out not quite to be the case
0: (laughs) i liked how sam got a an original character to be his perfect lady she was pretty cool she was she's she's
1: a good character in her own right um which not every author enjoys or is good with working with um original characters within the world um but i think um brenda her name is in this, is actually very likable and you you want her to end up with sam yeah um Which is great. And I also think that it was when Brenda arrived that my kind of spidey senses started tingling with this fic a little bit. Because I think the author is very clever in how they introduce characters. Um, For example, when they're talking about Brenda when um, Dean first meets her, because obviously Dean believes that he has amnesia, something like that, and, and can't remember his life for the last two years. So he essentially has to be reintroduced to this character. Yep, um, and he he thinks there's just a single line where he categorizes her in her, her, his mind as a blonde Amazonian beauty and then thinks a bit like Jess Yeah, and at, at the time I didn't register it until it cropped up again later with a different character but I think it's really interesting how the author took these details and you kind of get the impression that actually these original characters that are being created are being created from Dean's memories of other people
0: Yep. Yep.
1: Because there is um, Brenda, there's a guy who plays a part later um, where Dean is, is on a case trying to hunt down something that doesn't seem quite right. Um, yep. And he meets a guy and again thinks, oh, he reminds me of the ranger that I met on the case where Pam died. That's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I just yeah, think those, those little details make this a really interesting and rich. Uh, gin world to me
0: yeah very clever I'm gonna have to read it again now I don't have time (laughs) to read it again (laughs) there's way too many things to read
1: (laughs) do you find that you go back and you just end up rereading old favorites though even though you know you've got like a near endless list of marked for later fix to get through you you still end up returning to those comfort fix
0: (laughs) that's what my bookmarks are for if I I love a story enough that I think I'm gonna want to come back to it then it goes into bookmarks
1: yeah, there's just so much to get through, so much to choose from.
0: Yep. So I guess if you if you into canon fics, like it's not for everyone. A lot of people prefer to just stick with AU, which I find, like when I first started reading fanfic, I thought the idea of putting like characters that we knew into a different universe was just so foreign to me. I was like, how can you write a whole story about these characters that we know but in like a coffee shop whatever (laughs) i just my mind boggled (laughs) when i thought about that but then when i started reading some of them i realized that it's more it's the relationships and the the situations that these characters get in that transplant really easily to other universes funnily enough very weird yeah and
1: it's people giving themselves the things that they won't get to see
0: yeah that's right i mean I'm sure Dean goes to coffee shops, you know, often enough, but does he ever work in one? <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway. Um, but we would like to see it. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and we would like to see that, that handsome blue-eyed stranger walk in. So I guess if you, if you do love Canon Fix and you want to, to read some more, um, we've only given you two here, but there's so, so many, I'm going to put a big list of these on the, um, on the website. So you can have links to them too, but we, we might suggest a few extras as well. Um, uh, one of my favourite um, canon fics that I love to come back to is called Put Up Your Dukes by Salty Feathers. It's not a very long fic, it's only like just shorter than 40,000 words, but um, it's like, it's in the bunker um, and there, I think it's after... Um, you know, Cass has fallen and he's now human. But um, there's a bit of tension between um, him and Dean where they're sparring and they're getting a bit hot and heavy in the gym, which apparently the bunker now has. I don't know if it actually has a gym or if <laughs> they just made it up, but who knows? No one knows how big the bunker is, really, do they? Um, I think the fandom
1: cited a long time ago that the bunker is like the room of requirement. Yeah. It has whatever room you It's we like need the it TARDIS, it
0: has any and all rooms inside it um and that is like a really it's hot it's good i like that one it's good to come back to (laughs) so yeah (laughs) how about you which is one of your favorites
1: um i think one of the ones that i want to shout out this time um if you like the sound of the story of you and me um so the story that seems like it's it's something else and then has that really good twist towards the end of it um I would love to recommend Cake Apocalypse by Mittens, Mitten Wraith, on AO3. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to give you any spoilers for it. I'm um, just saying if you like Dean and Cass and you like baking, um, that is definitely a fic that you should be reading. Um, it keeps you keeps you going until the very last minute. It's great. It does have some really delicious-sounding <laughs> cake in it. I remember that. I get hungry every time <laughs> I read that fic. <laughs>
0: I'm not sure if she actually goes so far as to put recipes in there, but they do bake some very nice things, I think.
1: Oh, yeah, it's delicious.
0: <laughs> um, I was going to also mention um, a lot of Canon Fix are based around cases, um, just like a, a, an episode, I guess. And one of the um, case fix that I really love is called The Tunnel of Love, and it's by Xylo Demon. It's only a short thicket. Again, it's only 21,000 words, but it's, um, they go on a, um, I think it's a haunted, um, some kind of a, car- a carnival ride.
1: Yes, I have read this one.
0: It's, um, a haunted love boat. The tension between the two of them is just really good. And it's, um, it's brilliant. It's like, it, it is just like, uh, an episode, but with extra ding spice. <laughs> Any other ones you wanted to shout out?
1: Uh, yeah, I think it would be almost impossible to talk about canon fics without at least mentioning Northern Sparrow. Um, okay. She writes primarily canon fics. I'm not, I wouldn't want to go down a record to say that she's never written an AU. Um, she has written a story that I know intersects with canon, although is not necessarily set in the same world. Um, but that's as close as she's come to a full AU that I am aware of. Um, if I was to recommend one of her canon fics uh, it would probably be You Can Keep Holding On. Um, it's an incredibly yeah. popular fic in the fandom. Destroys people on a regular basis. Uh, it is slightly longer. It's about 350,000 words. Um, though it certainly does not feel that long when you are reading it. <laughs> um, yeah. As Soon as you get caught up in it, you are gone. Um, it begins uh, post-season after Amara disappeared and we got Mary back. Um, There's a slight change there in what happened in that scene and then we're off into the future um, with an essentially human Castiel um, and Dean and Sam in the bunker Mm -hmm. Um, and that story is quite a ride. Bring tissues? (laughs) Plenty. Boxes and boxes of Kleenex. Um, But putting out there straight away, there is a happy ending to that fic, a very happy ending. Um, but you've got to work for it with that one.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. It's been on my list for such a long time.
1: <laughs> but oh, you have so to read it. <laughs> you must read it. it. It intersects between a few different tropes. So maybe maybe we'll have to bring that one back later just so I can make you read it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. I just want to mention one. A lot of my favourite type of canon writing is... Um, Code, like episode coders. So after an episode is aired, um, often a bunch of writers will get on Tumblr or wherever they write their their um short fic and you know write either write a different ending to the episode or extra scenes at the end. Um, I won't shout out any of those in particular, but what you can do after you've watched an episode. I mean I know there's only a few episodes left to do this, but if you're interested in past episodes. You can get on Tumblr and just search for um, Coda and the the episode title, like or um, you know, fifteen x ten or whatever. If you want to find a particular episode, and um, you'll find some really amazing. Um, some of them are quite long, even um, that people have written in like a few days, you know, <laughs> um, after the episode airs. But often yeah, they're have quite really, short.
1: Um, Has some really talented and prolific. Coder writers in this fandom. Yeah,
0: yeah. So within hours, funny.
1: sometimes <laughs> something will crop up.
0: Yeah. So. And you can search for for Coder in the tags on um, AO3 as well. You'll find them.
1: Um, both of the VICs that we have read for this episode so, A Turn of the Earth and The Story of You and Me they were both Dean Cass, Big Bang VICs, um, one of them from 2015 and one of them from 2013. Um, so that means that they actually both have really beautiful art pieces embedded within them. Um, so they are yeah. definitely worth a look. Um, if you think that the thick might not be for you, but you want to see some really good Destiel art, both of these have examples for you.
0: Yeah, and uh, we're, we're so lucky in our fandom. We've got some brilliant um, authors, but also the artists. Um, I have to say that we've got some really, really talented artists in our in, um, oh, in the fandom We are spoiled. Too. We are and we we have to say a really big thank you at this point to Liz Lee who has created the logo for our podcast for us.
1: It's beautiful. We love it's
0: it. So nice. <laughs> um, maybe we'll get we we'll have to get her on to talk to us about art at some point, maybe. We'll see. Yes. So that I guess that those are the two fix that we were gonna talk about. I um, we're gonna try I think we're gonna try and get an episode out every two weeks. We we're not gonna talk about um a a writing topic this week just because you know we've done all our introductory stuff but um if you want to suggest us a writing topic to talk about then you're welcome to send us a message through any of our many channels of communication um i think in the next fortnight we're going to be talking about pining fix
1: yes mutual pining fix and we will have our first
0: guest yeah so I guess that's all we've got to um, for this uh, episode. We hope you've enjoyed listening to us so far. We've got plenty more to talk about, and also some um, kind of cool little events that we've got up our sleeves, maybe to um, have a go at in the future. But for now, you can contact us. Um, we've got mixtapebookclub.com is our website, but we're also on a bunch of different social media under Mixtape Book Club. So feel free to get in touch with us and tell us what you think or send us suggestions on things you'd like us to talk about. We'd love to hear from you. Um, so thank you for listening once again and we'll talk to you again soon.
1: And remember everybody, the story isn't over until we say this.